The Echo Cast, Episode 4. I didn't make a name for this one, so let's call it the Curious Rabbit episode for absolutely no reason at all. I'll start this one off with uh, kind of giving some updates on the channel, the content, things like that. I um, am going to do an episode of, uh, or an episode, a entry of Words with Bond, the interview series on um, myself. Um, that it feels kind of weird to do that, <laughs> but it's been requested, um, and uh, according to the all the questions we got, um, at least someone wants to read it. So we're gonna do it. Um, if you saw on Twitter, I threw out a request for questions, and um, and I think I have about twenty-two or twenty-three. So it's it's definitely going to be the longest uh, words of bond so far because um, there's a lot of questions and I'm real chatty. So um, so we're going to do that. Um, I also sent out three or four of them. Um, one to a cosplayer and three Ubisoft employees. So um, hopefully those get um, at least a few of those get done. I I don't know if the cosplayer is going to do it or not. Um, she's very busy. So. Um, we'll we'll see, um, and then I sent off requests to probably seven or eight other people, and got confirmations from about half of them that they would do it, and um, I just need to type up their questions. So, um, kind of on the topic a little bit today of the speculation piece, which we'll get to uh, in a bit. I am going to um, I'm, I'm working on a video right now. Um, where I've picked five cities I think the Division 2 may take place in. And I'm going to um, basically break each one down. Talk about the city, give some, uh, use a map of the city, um, of what boundaries I think we would be playing in. Kind of, I think we're going to be playing like a 3x3, three 4x4 three, four four mile square. Where right now we're playing on about a 2x2. Two two. Um... I'm going to do that. I'm going to break down the big landmarks where missions, where like a base of operations sort of place could be. Obviously, all of that stuff is going to be assuming that it's a similar layout to now, which if you've listened to me before, you know, I, I'm kind of saying that maybe expect things to be a lot different with the sequel. But when it comes to speculation on cities and stuff like that, rather than just making up a bunch of stuff, um, I'm going to do a video um, kind of thinking it's going to be in a similar template as now, even though it may not be. So we will see. So uh, that's kind of it for the news with me, other than uh, the new branding, which you actually can't see right now, other than my logo. But uh, we'll check it out when I, when we do some, uh, some live streaming. So um, for the state of the game recap this week, um, it was pretty uneventful. Um, I only caught the first, like the news part of it. If there was anything at the end, I had to go. Um, it was basically just kind of recapping the 1.8.1 release, which if you're watching this live, uh, we will be jumping on and playing a bit after the podcast is over. Um, they just kind of went over the set, the stuff we already knew. So, um, they did talk about the GEs a little bit and talked about how, the gear sets available on um, the next two, the new ones, will not be the same as uh, like the same orders 
as they were before. I wouldn't be surprised if they split them up like half and half. That's why um, they're giving us those specified caches as well. But we'll see how they handle that. Um, one thing I didn't know that they talked about is the 100 GE credits per resistance boss. Um, so if you do some of that resistance farming, those boss rounds are going to be somewhat profitable for you. Um, and then the, the DTEC drops and stuff like that in the daily and weekly assignments. Um, I think most people knew about that, but just in case, I figure I would throw it out there. So um, they did some stats with Yannick. I honestly didn't catch any and none really stood out to me and blew my mind. Um, there, there is now an encrypted cash mark three. Um, I think that's interesting. So I do actually want to talk about that uh, for a minute because if you guys have already downloaded the patch and you look in the collections, if you look in the Mark III collections, I am very curious about this because if you look, when you unlock every item of one of the five new sets, it's uh, Predmark, Hunter's Faith, Lone Star, and final measure and then there's a mc retro collection which is it's pretty cool looking you get um if you get all of the pieces of each of those sets it's it's unlocking what's known as the sentinel collection so what i, what I think is worth pointing out is that um the first like bonus set was the spacefarer which obviously we don't have like a space gear set it wasn't really um uh, lore you know, it wasn't canon probably. It was just kind of cool or funny or whatever you consider it. Uh, the other one was the Rescue Operation Collection, which had have a cool hat, but that was about it. I don't know. This Sentinel thing is weird because it's got its own like little symbol. I don't know. Maybe I'm just speculating something that doesn't matter. But the Sentinel Collection sure doesn't look like it's just some random set that they're deciding to give us. Um, it looks like something definitely more related to the game. Um, and I'm very curious if we ever see anything else involving this, maybe in the sequel or something like that. Because honestly, the, the logo is super cool. Um, the outfit is really, really cool. Um, I'm really, really curious. And I really want to unlock it because it, uh, it looks pretty awesome. It's got like a four-leaf clover kind of design. So that's it. That, I mean, that's the state of the game recap for me, at least. That's why I was able to catch of it. And I didn't see anything popping around that seemed like it was a lot more, uh, there was a lot more information than that. Uh, as for the division news in general, um, we have the 1.8.1 release, obviously. We've talked about that quite a bit. Um, the emoji agent thing, um, which has gone pretty well, and I decided to jump in and do myself. Uh, it was slightly embarrassing because uh, my cosplay was a winter jacket, a scarf, uh, a beanie. A backpack that I only had one strap on and me dabbing or sneezing as they say so um, there is a really good if you look on the Ubisoft Twitter account there's a really good um, look back article on the division one where they um, they talk to one of the the head producers or directors I can't I forget what his title is and I definitely can't say his name so I'm not gonna even try um, kind of talking about the division one and, and kind of how things went and how they think that's going to carry over to the division two. Um, I know it's a controversial topic. I, I remember, you know, for uh, a lot of time, 
many people calling for a massive not leading the division two project kind of funny in hindsight to know that you know basically the day the first one released they started working on the second so when people were calling for them not to be the head uh, you know like the lead on the sequel it was just kind of silly because they were already deep into it but regardless um, it, it's a good article I, I highly suggest reading it um, if you go to the Ubisoft Twitter account it's a good place to check it out um, the only other news and it's not really anything real big um, it's uh, the Australian outages yesterday um, I guess I only probably really care about this because I've got a fair number of people who I'm friends with and that follow and, and all that who are Australian and um, I was seeing that pop up a lot um, and that was really obnoxious, but I do believe it eventually got uh, figured out. They seem to be reasonably fast with that kind of stuff, but um, especially for a place like there where more than likely they have one bank of servers for the entire country. Um, yeah, so that was kind of interesting. So rant number one, or probably the only rant of the day of, of the podcast uh, is in the community news section here. So um, Agent Joe on Twitter asked um to uh in the words with bond questions asked the question that i said you know what uh, i'll ask one of your other questions in my words of bond um edition but i want to ask i want to talk about that question the first one they asked um on the podcast so the question was what do you think should change in the td or the, the division community and they specified between players so um if you if you keep up with my words with bond series i just did a thoughts with bond um on on a medium where i talked about relationships so, so this question was you know very timely and um i kind of just kind of did like a general overview of at least how i see the relationships between um devs and players and publishers and players and streamers and streamers and you know just kind of all of the the intricate web of, of relationships that are uh, just kind of a, a reality and in, and in, in the gaming world and industry right now like you know do i think that there's still people out there who just go to gamestop and, and grab their game and go home and never look at a single piece of social media or anything absolutely and they're probably better for it you know they're probably happier people um, maybe I don't know. I, I do think that the interaction has a lot of uh, a lot of worth, um, but it's not always good. And, and I think most people would um, probably agree with that, at least to some capacity. But to this question specifically, what do you think should change in the division community between players? So, if I had a wish list, um, the main thing I would say would be. What I would really like to see change is just the toxicity, um, obviously in general, but especially, so to me, there's like a bunch of these like really artificial or fake or like produced rivalries that are just unnecessary. They're just dumb, honestly, if you want my personal opinion. I think they're really stupid. And there's a bunch of them. PC players and console players. Even PS4 players and Xbox players, which is the one that boggles my mind the most because we're all, we're all getting shit on by PC players, even though we outnumber them 
significantly <laughs> we just you know have lower resolution which is you know a fair uh insult i guess um but that one isn't even the worst you know i mean to me that the most toxic relationship since the game started really since the game started making significant changes for better or worse have been the pve versus pvp players and i think you know and i throw these up for that and and what drives me nuts about it is that you know there's there's bad actors on both sides right i mean we all know that there's some pvp players who are just pure toxic only care about the drama only want to make little youtube videos and stuff like that talking shit about other people um and then there's pve players who are like really just set in like one mindset of like i want a pve dark zone and i don't want anyone else there and if it's not like that it's stupid if they don't do that in division two the game's dumb like you know they're what I've always said, whether it's politics or, or whatever, is that if you look at the far extremes of any topic, whether it's religion, politics, gaming politics, you know, the, the far ends of, of the spectrum, the, the most extreme of, of whatever opinion. So, um, you know, in, in, in politics, it'd be you know, far left and far right, so liberal and conservative. In, in the video games, in the division, it's PvE and PvP, or, or whatever, you know. Those are always going to be the worst opinions to listen to. Because they have no empathy, they have no forethought, they, they have no ability to see the other side and say, you know, I get why you mean that, but this is why I mean what I'm saying. It, with, with, those, with the extremes of those kind of groups, that you're getting nowhere you're getting brick walls you're getting nothing um the the problem with that being i've found and maybe you disagree and maybe i'm wrong but those two groups tend to be the loudest those two groups tend to be the people you hear the most because they make you hear them <laughs> they're they're loud and they support each other and they they'll retweet and like and they'll and they'll just and, and what, what they do is, is they, well, they do a few things. I think they skew the actual community opinion a lot or how it's perceived. And I think they, um, they make themselves seem a lot bigger. And I think they minimize the, the, the significantly larger group of people that fall somewhere in the middle. Um, and the whole issue of like the PVE versus PVP crap that you see all the time is that I don't really know many people, at least I would say the average player isn't one or the other. I don't consider myself one or the other. I consider myself a, a, a PvE player, obviously, but I love PvP. I, not really in the division, I don't think it's that good. I, I think it's it's badly implemented. But I like PvP in general. I, I like that I, every other game I play, I play PvP. I mean, I have since I started, since it existed, I guess. For me, my first experience of PvP was freaking Rainbow Six and uh, Black Thorn and Rogue Spear back in the day on my PC. Back when I played, all you had was a little cursor and some menus at the bottom, and you didn't see your feet or the gun or anything. You, um, you know, that was my, and I loved it. That was that was, that was the first significant um, gaming I did. And so I think what gets lost so much in this whole PVE versus PVP part of the community is, is that I don't think it even exists, personally. Um, like I said, there's always going to be those really loud outliers, but they don't really represent the average player, at least not in my opinion. And I'm not saying I represent the average player. I obviously don't in a lot of ways. 
But I guess like if you ever see me get in the tussles on Twitter and stuff like that, what I'm typically trying to point out is that while someone may have a strong opinion that they may perceive as fact, I guess I'm always kind of trying to be there like, hey, maybe I mean, I do typically play like a like a devil's advocate role because I don't think it's a devil's advocate. I think it's it's the it's the non extreme advocate role that I try to tell people like, I don't know. But but if if there was if there was something I thought should, I think should change in the division in the community is it it's that it's that perceived rivalry between groups I don't even believe exist. It, there, there's this you know you always see it, you'll see it on Reddit even on Twitter sometimes you'll you'll see PVP players saying those damn PVE players ruined our PVP with all their balance changes and you'll see PVE players and be like oh they, they don't care about us they don't care about PVP players because those are all the streamers and you know it's 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 this like it's kind of like when there's like this mass murderer and everyone calls him a monster and they, and they dehumanize they dehumanize him right and because it's way easier to deal with it if you think something else isn't like you if you have to recognize that 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 the person who you disagree with or who is awful in some capacity uh is human just like you well that's hard you know no one wants to handle that so you know it, you see the same stuff even in like these like these arguments over a video game you see people you know calling each other names and and being really nasty and and you know it's it's really stupid <laughs> you know um it, it, because it's just it's pointless it doesn't it doesn't improve anything it doesn't help anyone all it does is reinforce those far extreme people's opinions and make them think they're right and it alienates the the who i believe is the mass majority of the player base who doesn't have those like those really harsh opinions or those really like you know kind of rock-headed opinions about stuff so i mean if i'd pick one thing and and then the other thing i would pick is i i would i would find a way to get the community to start to to stop supporting people who are like illogically and undeniably consistently toxic I, I don't have to name names you know i don't have to say stuff like that and if you like people like that that's fine you know that's you but there's this weird like it, it, i think a lot of people remember you know so many months or you know or a year or so after the game came out um, people were really frustrated and they were justifiably frustrated the game was in a rough spot for a long time and even when it got better with like 1.4 and stuff it still had a lot of issues and and, they, and things still weren't perfect after that and so you know being someone who was only on reddit until like late last summer early fall when i first started kind of getting involved with all this stuff i was only on reddit i was on reddit and i was on matchmaking and that was my that was all of my interaction with the community and what i noticed during that time was there was this moment where um these like really toxic people came out and and what was interesting about it is at the time it was like well these people are kind of speaking for the community the community's frustrated they're pissed they're you know there's a lot of bad stuff going on right now they don't feel represented and so these these you know these these people were really popular and, and honestly i didn't blame people for following them um but then things change, you know, things evolve and, and things get better. You know, I, I'm not, I'm still not going to say things are perfect, but, but there's issues that have been worked on or that people will harp on things about some issues in this game, like encrypted caches and stuff like that, that just are kind of manufactured. 
and 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 you'll see people and and you know that these people these people aren't stupid and and, and people know when they're harping on an issue or when they're being really ignorant on an issue they know they are they're not dumb but they know that's what that people eat it up and it's that group of people and i think it's a really large group of players and a, a really large group in the community of people who still really eat up that really like illogically toxic stuff there's there's people who are critical of this game and critical of the devs and critical of people like even like me who i respect entirely who are logical and well thought out and are able to give credit where it's due. But there's also a lot of people who don't, whether it's deserved or not. And and I just, and I really, if I could change anything, I would, I would sig significantly implore that people not continue to support that kind of behavior. But, you know, this isn't a perfect world. People are gonna do what they wanna do and that's fine. I have no problem with that. On the other hand, um, I think it's also, I, I really wish that we would focus more on, and I think we've been better about it as a community, um, focus on people who are really helpful and, and like the charity work people have done. I've been involved in a bunch of charity streams that I had nothing to do with. I, people just said, hey, will you stream? I did, and we had a lot of fun, it was great. But the people who actually organize that stuff, you know, they deserve all of the attention and credit in the world. I mean, Timmy, you know, has been so amazing. That dude's really, really murdered it last year and then the last 12 months of getting that stuff going. Um, and then, you know, even Pete, you know, we did that really fun charity stream as well. It's, um, you know, people are doing that really fun stuff. On the state of the game, they just recently talked about a guy who helped like 100 people get commendations during the global events. Um, so I, I don't, I also don't, you know, I, I hope that we can focus on you know, people who are doing that kind of stuff. And, and I guess the last thing I'll say in this thing is I'm not opposed to criticism. And, and I get the, the word constructive criticism to a lot of people is going to sound like, well, just be nice to them and don't really be critical. That's not what I'm saying, but being constructive in your criticism is really important. There's guys like Frederick Dylander who, if you talk to him, if you interact with him directly, he actually, doesn't want his ass kissed. If you if you really talk to him, he invites and loves this critical side of things because he wants to know why. He see that's the thing that you can't go to him and just say PvP sucks. The metas are awful. You know he's he's gonna want more than that. Um, you know encrypted caches are pedo caches and they're awful and they're ruining the world. He would probably agree to some point, but he would want more than that, you know. Um, so those are those are the things I would say when it comes to what would I like to see be different. Those are them. Okay, well, on a on a less heavy topic, uh, we'll just do a little bit of speculating this time because I did lots of. Uh, ranting right there so um the speculation topic this time was like story speculation uh in the sense of like what characters are still going to exist um what kind of stuff they might do like with the plot um and stuff like that so the big issue i have with speculating on that subject is it's really location dependent right um you really need to know where the game is going to be in order to speculate on that 
And um, that said, I think that there is, um, I think, what, what I believe is that we will, um, I, th I think Fei Lao will still be in the game. Um, I would not be surprised at all if, because um, she kind of took over after that. Uh, I always try to call them vertebrates, but they're uh, they're really what ospreys, the uh, the the VTOL helicopters that the commander was killed in at the beginning of the game, at the end of your Brooklyn part. Um, I think she'll be promoted as the new commander or whatever, and that she's going to be sent to a new city because she did such a kick-ass job with New York. Um, they're going to send her wherever we're going. Um, I've talked about the cities I'm speculating, and I won't really bother more with that. Um, but I would say she's a character we still see. I could be completely wrong. Um, on Twitter, someone was saying that they think Keener is the only person that will still have anything to do with from the first game. Um, maybe. But what if we don't even know? What if he's gone? What, what if we actually don't even deal with him? I'd be pretty surprised. Um, I, I think April Kelleher is going to make a comeback. I, I really feel like there were some pretty heavy hints um, in, in my words with Bond, with the author of that book, that it sure seemed like he was real motivated to want to continue that story. Um, and if you guys keep up with him at all, you'll know that he was actually in Malmo not too long ago um, for a week. Maybe he was there for personal reasons, who knows, but he seemed really, really interested in continuing that story. And so I wouldn't be surprised if April is in there, even in a similar sense that she was in the first game, more as um, a depth character and, and less a, um, you know, less a like main character. Like, we're not gonna play as April, we'll probably never meet her, stuff like that. Um, one interesting thing I did see someone talk about though was um, that they wanted to face off with Keener. I think it was Pete. Um, and that'd be interesting. And the idea I had with that was, what if we face off with Keener in the sequel and we kill him? Only to find out that... Because um, if you think about it, all Keener did in the first game was just take advantage of people who were dumber than him. Um, he, he he made... He, he allied with people and then he just took advantage of them. And he cut and run. Because um, he's, he's a narcissist, you know, he's probably a psychopath in some capacity. He just happens to be really intelligent as well. And he, um, the thing I mentioned on Twitter, though, was that people like that tend to gravitate towards powerful people that they can take advantage of. And I think the issue with that is that people like that tend, um, every dog finds a bigger dog, is the quote that I, I made, is that um, there, there's always a bigger fish out there. And um, I think it'd be pretty interesting if we face off with Keener and we kill him, we take care of him, only to find out that he teamed up with someone the way he did the LMB, only to find out that they actually were a bigger dog than him. You know, they were a bigger fish, and now they're actually a bigger issue. Now they have his 3D printer and his information on the disease building and stuff like that. So I don't know. That's the direction I think it goes. I, I don't think that we'll see. Um, and maybe Rick Velassi. Um, and those West Side Pier uh, Intel recordings, uh, I mean, he sure was was talked about quite a bit, you know. So um, it'll be interesting. I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, but that's that's kind of how I feel about that. So uh, this speculation wasn't quite as uh, 
as deep as it is sometimes, but you got me all riled up with the uh, with the community question. So, uh, so that's where that's where we're at. That's what we're having. So, some quick gaming news. Um, we have God of War just came out. Um, as uh, Skill Up or Ralph has been telling people, watch your reviews, um, watch it for spoilers. I'm actually looking for those because I'm not gonna buy a PS4 as much as I would love to play that game. I'm just, I, it's not in the budget and I, I don't even have the time anyways. So I'll be looking for videos of walkthroughs of the whole game because I want to see what happens. It, um, it basically sounds like it's 30 hours of, of amazingness. Um, there were a lot of 10 out of 10 reviews and he's saying he thinks it's the best game of the, this generation of consoles. And he's talking like PS4 and Xbox One. So take that for what you will. Um, I believe him. And it, it, it seems that way. So I'm curious to see what it's all about. Uh, there's a new Battle Royale now, out uh, from the Lawbreakers people uh, called Radical Heights. Um, it looks like they have kind of taken like the aesthetic a little bit from Fortnite. They're, they're kind of cartoony, but they're doing it in like an 80s way. Um, and But there's no building. It's a focus on gunplay. And I think that's a really interesting concept because there's a lot of people I know who I think I don't think anyone can deny that Fortnite is a rock solid game, um, and they're working, they're doing so much good work on it, and they're improving it so much so quickly. But a lot of people hate the super cartoony looks, and they don't like that it's it's not a one hundred percent focus on shooting. The the building mechanic throws a lot of people off. They don't like it. Um, I don't mind it. I actually think that um, it creates a lot of skill gap. Um, I mean, the, the, the really good players in that are always going to do really well because they just can do things better than you can. And, you know, and you got to get better if you want to compete with them. Um, I, I was playing quite a bit for a while. I've kind of dropped off of it a little bit just because I have other stuff to do. I still enjoy Fortnite, but I, I really, really think this Radical Heights game is really interesting. Um, and I would like to check it out at some point, but I'm definitely going to catch others playing it as well. So in the more obscure uh, story that I had was the King of Kong record has been stripped. If you've ever watched that documentary, I believe it's on Netflix about the King of Kong is, is a guy who, who broke this Donkey Kong record back in the day. But ever since there's been this huge controversy that he cheated, put like mods in the machine he used, switched out like a, a logic board. So he was able to more easily do stuff. Um, the recording of it is all cut up and stuff like that. He didn't actually do it in front of anyone reliable. Um, it's it's a really interesting story. If you look up King of Kong on on Google right now, you'll um, you'll see about it. The documentary is really interesting. Um, it's basically uh, gaming pettiness taken to the extreme, uh, but people were passionate about making sure that the Donkey Kong record was was truth. So uh, check it out. It's an interesting story. Uh, I saw there's a the destiny 2 expansion coming in may i've been seeing some of the people i know who like destiny 2 or like destiny in general uh, and maybe are a little disappointed with 2 um looking a little hopeful seeming like by the end of the year and kind of a division one kind of a destiny one uh way they're kind of getting back to what they should um i i still think that there's there, there's a lot of room for criticism without all that because um you know the division had lots of issues it still does um, and they, they fixed them and, you know, destiny two should be given that same chance. And sure it should be because people paid a lot of money for that game and want it to be good, but kind of the same way I feel about the division two, that destiny two 
should have had all of the lessons from the first game in the second one. And it obviously didn't. Like, not even close, right? So... It, it, it's a criticism I have for The Division 2 as well. Not a criticism, but a, a warning that if, if they make a lot of the same mistakes in The Division 2 that they made in the first one, they will not get any slack for it. Um, as, as much of a fanboy and as, as, as much as I'm called a lot of things in some certain videos uh, very uh, passively, um, even I would not be forgiving of that. Um, I, I, I can understand you know, realistic development cycles and, and issues and fixes and how those take time. But, but you know, they, 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 for the, for the betterment of the game, sure better have learned lessons a lot better than destiny did. That's, that's kind of what I'll say about that. So, um, then the last little bit here that red dead redemption got the 4k update on the Xbox one X. Um, I have that. I haven't downloaded it yet. Um, I will be because that game looks, uh, I mean, I can only imagine what it's going to look like being upgraded like that. Um, it already, honestly, still, I was playing it earlier this year or late last year and it honestly still didn't look that bad. Like it, I thought it still looked pretty good. The facial animations and stuff are still really solid. Um, and so I'm really excited to check that out. If you have that game or if you want to go buy it um, and you have an Xbox One X, do know that you will, um, that you'll get that. Um, and, and I suspect it's going to look pretty good. So that's about what we have this week. Um, I, I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope uh, I hope it was informative and, and interesting. I'm uh, interested and terrified to see the comments. Uh, and and, I'm, and if you have any comments of your own, jump into my Discord. Uh, reply to me on Twitter. Uh, you can even reply in SoundCloud if that's how you're listening to this, or on YouTube. Let me know if you have topics you want me to cover. Let me know. I want to hear it. Um, if you you know, we'll, we can we can. I'll rant all day if you give me a chance. And if someone will listen, then great. Um, but other than that, that's all I have for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. We'll have another one next week. And uh, until then, this is Bond Diesel.